0: The sexual liberation movement, or revolution, was known to begin in the 1960s, but the desire to be sexually free in this country of the US of A began as early as the 1920s. To be liberated, you must at first be oppressed. There was, and still is, a cry out for sexual awareness, satisfaction, ownership, but at many times the evidence shows that the revolution has not supplied these desires. I haven't read the book Modern Sex in its entirety as yet, but allow me to read you some of the description. The 1960s sexual revolution made a big promise. If we just let go of our inhibitions, we'll be happy and fulfilled. Yet, sexual liberation has made us no happier and, if anything, less fulfilled. The result? lesions of unhappy adults and confused teenagers deprived of their innocence on their way not to maturity but to disillusionment as the reports in modern sex tells us the beginning of wisdom lies often in realizing that what we are doing is not working so that instead of doing more of the same we should be doing less These beautifully written essays on subjects ranging from the TV show Sex in the City to teen sex to the eclipse of the manly ideal to the benefits of marriage add up to the deepest, most informative appraisal we have of how and why the sexual revolution has failed and how we might begin to reconstruct the relations between the sexes in ways that reconcile freedom with humanity, end quote. So you see, although the desire and fight for sexual liberation is within reason due to the lack of practical and informative sexual education, misogynistic teachings and approaches to intercourse and intimacy, I believe we have yet to hit the mark when it comes to true sexual connection and intimacy. It seems to me like millennials are tapping into a more conscious state of mind when it comes to how they define being sexually aware and free. I read an article in The Time magazine called Sexual Revolution Revisited, and it states, Millennials are mad about slut-shaming, homophobia, and rape culture, yes. But they are also critical of the notion that being sexually liberated means having a certain type and amount of sex. There is still this view that having sex is an achievement in some way. A 22-year-old media strategist living in Washington, D.C. says, But I don't want to be just sex positive. I want to be good sex positive. And for her, that means resisting the temptation to have sex that she doesn't want, even if it would make her seem and feel more progressive. So you see, listeners, to practice conscious sex is to be intentional and aware of your reasons for wanting to participate in the act. Intentional and aware of who your partner is and not just by name. Understanding the depth the repercussions and the meaning of such encounter and experience questioning the messages received in mass media such as movies, music, and television shows. So I'm happy to say in this episode, I chat with Kadar, creator of the Ever Evolving Sun podcast, a man who desires and is actively pursuing a more in-depth understanding and way of living, especially when it comes to sex. So stay locked in to hear his story and more information on sexual connectedness. This around-the-way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things growing up there wasn't a concept from my knowledge of conscious sex. It was just what you've learned from television shows, movies. um, And sometimes you had your, you know, love scenes that made it seem very romantic and very connected. But then you had pornography um, that people viewed. So it wasn't a mindset of being aware of who are you engaging with sexually. It was mainly from a standpoint of lust. And yes, you had romanticism, but it still was a place where you were leading with just your emotions, per se. So you have the 60s and 70s, where we talk about the sexual revolution, right? Where women um, and men feel like they just want to be liberated. They want to, you know, just express themselves sexually freely. Even from my time, I think maybe while I was in college or after college, then you had the whole movement of like, no slut shaming. And, you know, I can't can dress how I want to dress. I can have sex with whom, whoever I want. You had shows like Sex in the City that was Mm -hmm. showing more and more women that you could be sexually free and not, I don't want to say that they didn't quote unquote practice safe sex, but there were many scenes where that really wasn't the prominent or pushing message. It was more so like, here's four women that are enjoying themselves in New York City sexually and relationships and so forth and so forth. Now, especially with social media, I'm seeing this rise that people are thinking about, sex, especially since there's a rise of spiritualism. And even though there are certain elements of that that I don't subscribe to, but I'm seeing how it's causing people to be more self-aware in, in terms of like, what do I want? Sexually? Right. Um, who do I want to engage with sexually? Is there past trauma that I haven't healed from that I must be mm. careful that I do not pass on to my partner? Uh, what is my motives for wanting to have sex? Mm-hmm. And I think more and more people are learning the ramifications spiritually and even health-wise when it comes to sex, even though we you know we've been told about STDs and okay. AIDS and different diseases and pregnancy. But as we see, that didn't really stop us. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like That didn't really
1: stop us. It made us more curious. It It
0: made us more curious and, you know, taking more risk. I feel like we are, as humans, it's like the more we're we're told no, the more we want to do it. In social media and everything, I'm seeing that people are talking about conscious sex. They're talking about various sexual practice as tantric sex. They're talking about um, semen retention, and we're going to get into Mm. all this into the episode. Men are even talking about that. Sleeping with multiple women makes no sense um, Mm. based on how they were raised. So there's like so much going on. Yeah. And... I guess I want to understand what has been your journey in coming to the element of conscious sex, because I'm talking to you today because of that, right? I've observed you and I see how you speak in reference to not only your growth as a man, a black man specifically, Mm -hmm. okay? Because we got to touch on that. The the black man experience is, is very different in this country, understanding what has been your journey growing up in understanding sex and how has it differ to now you being a man and tapping into more conscious sex. And I hate to call it conscious sex, but we have to, to differentiate, you know what I mean? We can't just call it sex because it's, it's a different type of act that we're engaging in. So I want you to kind of touch on that a little bit.
1: With me from an, an early age, I had one uncle that instilled in both my uh, myself and my brother, you know, we should wait until we get done with with school before we have sex. He didn't he didn't scare us with it. He didn't say mm-hmm. don't do this and don't do that. Watch and see how your friends were gonna how your friends are gonna end up once they start having sex in high school. Once they start interacting in high school and things of that nature. And it and it wasn't from a derogatory standpoint. I, I waited until after I graduated high school before I had my first sexual experience. For me, it was kind of, it was beneficial in that I saw the emotional stuff that people were going through, you know, during high school. I saw, you know, classmates having babies and, and have fathering, you know, children. And I just think that I saved myself from a lot of emotional trauma. From from that point, like even to this day, and I say this um, humbly, of course, but I've only been with 12 women in my, in my mm-hmm. whole life experience, my whole existence. I find that uh, for me, sex has always been something from a, a spiritual standpoint. I didn't know it then, but it's always been something from a, a spiritual standpoint or something that I, I really chose to connect with who I was with in that particular way, in that type of you know capacity. I've always had a, a love intent. So I always told myself, if I'm going to go that route, if I'm going to go, have, if I'm going to have sex, who I'm with, I have to love them. I have to. They have to have to love me. It has to be like some you know reciprocity. So it's, it's never for me been about just sex. You know, maybe that's kind of stunted my growth, if you will.
0: What do you mean by that, stunted your growth?
1: I I found myself looking and and being more judgmental at how Ah. people treat their bodies and and treat, you know, women in particular, of course. So my growth as far as being more understanding, you know, because a lot of the stuff that that we're doing is a learned behavior, you know, it's passed down. Like you said, we've seen TV shows and or have made sex to be just this thing that, you know, you, you see someone, you like them, you have sex with them and there's no repercussions. And that's not always the case. I was finding myself more in a judgmental uh, stance and I've, I've slowly began to go away from that, of course. But um, initially I was like, man, I, I don't I don't know how this person is doing this or why this person is doing that. But um, like I said, the, the growth now has been just unlearning a lot of things that I, I felt were sexual virtues, if you will. Of course, there are some limitations. There are some things that you have to have principles about yourself, of course. You know, men and and women speaking as a as a black man, you know, we were always told and taught that our manhood, it it evolves around how many women we've been with. Yes. And, you know, that's that's not a healthy way to view manhood, primarily based on how many women that we conquer, quote unquote. Right. that's, That's not healthy at all.
0: I think with the freedom of sexuality, right, or having sex, yes, it comes from the sense of like, oh, I'm attracted to this person. I just want to enjoy myself. But even though there are those elements and I want to connect to someone, I really believe it's like, it's like you, you're you trying to get that fix. I want that orgasm. You know what I mean? I want, like dudes would say, I want to hit it. I want to give it to her. And she's like, yeah, I want him to put it on me. And all right. these different concepts of like, how do I get to the orgasm? If we understand the sexual, when sex happens, there's a dopamine that releases, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in the same sense of like when you take drugs and like a a high is released. Right. So it's like when, when you're actually chasing after the high, you kind of miss the element of the, like you said, what we believe to be the spiritual process or the spiritual understanding, because it goes way past orgasm. That's orgasm, good. yes, it is the cherry on top, whatever, but it, it it goes deeper than having an orgasm. And I want us to talk a little bit more because you're different, compared to the average man that says that, you know, I took my time to know these women, to be in relationships with these women to the point that you were on the other side where you had to kind of tone down what we would call a a self-righteous mentality, right? Right. Where you're just like, All right, I got to stop judging people. But at the same time, I have my principles and morals. So how did you view, since you had that knowledge, how did you view or come to view soul ties? Because the way I understood it or or came to learn about it was via church, Hmm. right? You hear, be careful who you have sex with, because creating a soul tie, you don't know who you're attaching your spirit to. You don't know what spirit this person's coming with. But where did you get the the awareness or have, when did it click that you realized that there was a deeper element?
1: You know, my, my first uh, sexual encounter, to me, that was my, the beginning stages of my awareness of what a soul tie is and what it means. Because, of course, they say, you know, who, who you first have sex with is a, is a deeper, it, it, do, it does something to you much more than, you know, the ones after. If you're not emotionally prepared to handle sex, if you're not, um, you know, spiritually prepared to ha- handle sex and having sex with someone in lieu of being in love with them, then it can it can kind of, you know, take you down through there. And so my my first encounter, um, or, or relationship rather, it was definitely a, a love experience. But the fact that I had sex with her, it was her first time having sex. Like our connection was was something deeper. Even after we uh, we so-called, you know, broke it off with each other, we would still find ourselves coming back to each other for whatever reason for me the the idea and and the um the notion that you know soul ties exist it came from that experience and and also the ones after uh, but that one in particular because from the outside looking in i got to see myself in a different light like you know why do i find myself you know, um, still wanting to go back to this woman. You know, why do I find myself, um, you know, wanting to have or, or still having feelings for and desires for, it? and not just in in sexual nature or as a sexual nature, but also in a emotional and in a spiritual tie. The the soul tie aspect is definitely something that a lot of us don't don't realize is is a is an actual thing.
0: And that's why we're having this conversation: is how do we make wiser choices and who we decide to engage in uh, engage with, right? Sexual choosing of your partner and soul ties. I always had this question. Certain people, after multiple partners, I feel like they're numb to the fact. It's true. Right? Like, I feel like they're numb to the fact of attachment. Like, they can just continue on and continue on. So I wonder if it's a desensitization that has happened. The same way the first time we watch, like, a murder film, and it's like, oh, too gruesome, and it's Mm -hmm. too much. But after our eyes constantly are watching these things, it's like, as if we become numb, like seeing somebody's head get chopped off. It's like, okay, that's not, that's not really a big deal. So I wonder if our spirit also goes through that, where it's like, you have had sex with so many people that you begin to now desensitize that awareness or that emotional connection that usually happens, unless you Unless you are in a relationship where it goes there. But I feel like today we've we've just gotten so desensitized, not only by having sex with multiple people, what we're being fed in the media and society to even to even tell ourselves that it's not really a big deal to have sex with multiple people. But what do you think about that?
1: No, I I think you're exactly right. You know, what we're being fed, not just you know through music it's not you know just coming to the, to the ears or through the ears rather but also from a visual standpoint is that having sex with multiple people is not that bad it's not as bad as as other people may you know make it out to be you know what we're seeing is a direct result over stimulation like you said mm. lack of uh the, the numbness That comes with you know um, being involved with with so many people and multiple people to say it's not natural would probably be um would be a stretch i honestly feel in, in my own opinion of course it's not really natural to engage you know with with that many partners you know, as as a as a person, um, I I know some you know, some of my friends that can just have sex and and it's nothing to them. They feel nothing behind it. You know, and and again, I'm not coming from a judgmental standpoint, but I'm simply saying that they've done it so much that it's not really a thing to them to have sex. It's not there's it, there's no intention behind it. The act of having sex, I think a lot has been taken away from that. It's more than just an orgasm or more than just a you know a nut quote unquote it's Mm -hmm. definitely much more than that but we're not treating it in, in that regard
0: thank you for coming this far into the episode i wanted to share the exciting news of she discovered podcast expanding to youtube we will still be streaming audio episodes via spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and soundcloud in addition extra episodes will air via youtube from time to time so please be sure to follow and subscribe updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at shediscoveredpodcast enjoy the rest of the episode i want to segue into like what i researched when it came to like sex in other cultures where mm-hmm. orgasm is important but connection is important Awareness is important. So, one of them that I found pretty interesting because I never knew about it, and you could tell me if you've ever heard of it, it's called kunyaza, I believe. Mm. And it's a sensual practice found in Rwandan tradition, which guarantees female orgasm, right? The practice is mm. actually catered towards women to teach men that women are deserving of orgasms. It's not only about you, yeah. because statistics show that many women have not experienced orgasms. And it's not because they can't, but it's because not only due to their lack of sexual awareness for themselves, but based on what men are doing, they just deemed it to be, well, I guess I can't not understanding that the man is not taking the time to please the woman or certain positions or taking time for foreplay or all these different elements right cuz men and women we are built differently sexually when it comes to our sexual anatomy the the end goal with the orgasm or the connection and pleasure that all plays between both of us but in the sense of the way that we are aroused is slightly different right our yeah. me- our mechanism is but it's slightly Different. So another one which is interesting um, that I found out about maybe three years ago is called Tantric Sex. And Tantric Sex, they describe it to be an ancient Hindu practice where sex is slow, meditative form of sex where the end goal is not an orgasm, but enjoying the sexual journey and sensations of the body. And the one that I've always known about since high school was the Kama Sutra. And the only reason I knew about it <laughs> is because in Times Square in New York City, they used to pass out Kama Sutra positions. So you would have these, and mind you, you're like a 16-year-old walking down Times Square, and they pass in pl- pamphlets of like, here you go, here are all the sexual positions. And that's what Kama Sutra is known for, right? Again, there, there are elements in these practices because they They're attached to certain religious practices that not everyone will agree with or subscribe to. And I feel like our westernized understanding of sex has been so skewed that I, I think we find a treasure when we look outside of what we were, the Americanized understanding of what sex is.
1: Tantric sex is definitely like you like you uh, described it. You know more about being in touch more with your partner. You know being more aware of you know where you are. And who you're with, of course, um, in that particular moment. We live in a very rushed society and everything is on the go, insta everything. You know, sex is pretty much suffered along with everything else. You know, you couple that with, uh, like you said um, you know, earlier, porn and things like that illustrate sex in a very rushed and very uh, uh, lustful way. It doesn't, you know, really take time to nurture the experience versus, you know, getting to the end of the experience. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you came, I came, we're good. Most of us men, we don't really. Realize that you know, for women in particular, of course, you all don't really get into the uh, the full sexual act until maybe like 23 minutes or so. Yes. But if you if you you know consider that most men we finish within 10 minutes, it, it doesn't leave much room for women to be pleasure and you know, feeling unsatisfied. We, we definitely have to to slow down when it comes to uh, you know to sex and and also realize that as as men, not that we're solely the facilitator when it comes to sex. You know, if we do engage in in sex, you know encounters with you know women of course then it's our job to make sure that not just that we're satisfied but of course the one partner is satisfied also
0: to understand i'm not saying everybody's sexual experience has to be tantric sex in the sanctity for me personally in the sanctity of partnership and in, in marriage in my belief system i i know there's elements where it's just like no i don't want it slow all the time sometimes i want it fast or i want it rough or i want it you know this way or i want a quickie i think that's fine mm-hmm. um i think you know based on our different moods we could want it different ways we want variety which is fine but i think what we're saying here is is to give people different elements of what the sexual experience can look like right. and i think if we begin with these foundational things of being intentional of who your partner is waiting for it to be a loving experience where there's love between one another mm-hmm. uh some type of commitment you know what i mean some type of commitment because yeah when we're dealing with the ramifications. Sometimes you can have sex with somebody. You could use a condom, and the condom pop, and you're pregnant. And you choose to keep the baby. Now you're just like, oh my gosh, this is not the person I would I wanted to have children with, right? And I'm not knocking anybody. Or judging anybody that has that experience because we know there are plenty of beautiful children that have come out of those situations, right? And women have made their way or even single fathers have made their way. I I have friends that are males that they're single fathers, right? And Mm -hmm. they had their kids young and, you know, things happen. So not to take away from that and the children. Learn your partner learn what they like learn what not only arouses them but really get to know the person and with that element i think it helps us to decrease the lustful mentality that we would have and more of an awareness mentality when it comes to sex i had a question here that um one of my followers asked and i can i want to see if we can answer this for them and they say Why is there such an importance on sexuality rather than sensuality? There's an importance on sexuality because that's what promoted to us, right? Everything is like embrace your sexuality, just be free. You know, sex feels good and you want to feel good and all these different things. Like sometimes I feel like sex is promoted to us just like cocaine (laughs) is. <laughs> cocaine mm-hmm. is promoted like yeah. you want to you want to feel good like oh, yeah take yeah, this <laughs> you know yeah it's it's very commercial where even though sexuality is good But I love what you mentioned where you say tantric sex also brings about sensuality and sensuality. I deem myself to be a sensual person Mm. because I love the element of catering to the five senses Mm. because I believe our five senses are important. So how does it feel with touch? What does the environment smell like? What are my eyes or my ears hearing? And I think if we are to practice using our five senses, I think we will heighten them when it comes to the sexual experience. So I think it is important to concentrate more on sensuality right. than sexuality, per se, in my understanding currently.
1: Learning your partner's desires and, and needs and, and wants you know, within that space. Because, like you said, learning who you're with that takes time, but it also mm-hmm. creates a sexual foundation. It creates a sensual foundation. For a lot of us, it's, it's simply unlearning. You know what we what we think we know about sex. And well,
0: what we think we know that's a good point. Yeah, about sex.
1: I mean, most women can't tell you what a full body orgasm is, and and it has nothing to do with you know, clitoral stimulation.
0: Mm, Explain it, explain, break it down, break it down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The experience that you, that you're, that you're having is, is being enjoyed so much that all five senses are tapped into. It becomes about your heart.
0: And we're going to get to that as well, where they say even for men, ejaculation differs from orgasm. So I want us to touch on that later on. I And I would assume for the woman, that is also a, a difference where it's just like the orgasm is not just about, okay, my clitoris was stimulated or orgasm through penetration, but it's a true full body experience. Like you said, the heart, the mind, everything is included. But before we get there, you post, something a while back and I screenshot it because I think it's very vital where you said we think we want sex it's not always about sex it's intimacy we want Hmm. to be touched looked at admired smiled at laugh with someone feel safe feel like someone's really got you that's
1: ultimately what we crave to me it's more important than a sexual connection matter of fact if you want you know once you have that that you know, strong intimate connection. You know, we, we look at intimacy as or we sometimes think of it as just sex, but intimacy is is you know everything that is leading up to a sexual experience. It's it's the nurturing, it's the touch, it's uh catering to, it's you know, feeling, being present, it's awareness, it's all these things that can make the sexual experience, you know, better. One have more of a heightened awareness of self, you know, within uh within the experience. When I posted that, you know, I was trying to remind people, one, that it's not like like it says simply about sex, but to remind them that it's okay to desire intimacy. It's okay to to desire just touch. Um, every time you you're with your partner, you don't you don't have to have sex. One of, one of my favorite uh, positions is um, eye gazing. Mm. You know, my my partner she she sits in my lap, you know, on the floor or wherever, and you know we're just staring into staring into each other's eyes. And it, it, I don't know
0: it, if I'm ready for all that. Yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> you know that scares me it's intense i don't do well with looking into a person's eyes for too long i could do it for a little bit that to the point there was this guy i was talking to and i was in a vulnerable place and i was sharing stuff with him and i'm like this and he was like who are you talking to and I was just like, you? He was like, you're not looking at me, though. <laughs> and I i don't know if some, some friends that I've um, shared with, they said it probably comes from your New Yorker upbringing that you don't look nobody in the eye for oh, too yeah. long. <laughs> but it probably, when I really dissected it, I had to sit with myself. I think because my... I've always been known to be the girl that wears her emotions on her sleeve, Mm. is a sucker for love, loves love. And the the times that I've been vulnerable and shown myself, it wasn't catered to. Mm. Um, So it went as deep as for me to look you in your eye and to see you or you to see me. It's too intense because I think it's like I already with my words and my actions, I show vulnerability. So now to do that I feel like you looking into my soul and you ha- no one has shown in a romantic sense no one has shown themselves to live up to the element of catering and knowing that my vulnerability my transparency my desire to be emotional quote unquote now I call it emotionally aware I feel like I've I've learned to not really go that deep with someone because mm. no one has given me the space to do so wow it's either haven't been taken care of or been shunned
1: to me to me personally that's the most intense the most passionate thing I can do with regards to uh to to my my, my partner of course is is mm-hmm. looking into my eyes the thing is you have to have space you have to have a safe space because you know when you're vulnerable you know you feel more you feel more unprotected of course yeah like OK, well, if I'm, if I'm showing too much of myself, too much of my emotion, um, this person may take advantage of me and, and, and things of that nature. That, that goes for men and women. Uh, men is it's not just a, a feminine thing to be mm-hmm. vulnerable or feel vulnerable or feel like you could be taken advantage of. Having someone create a space for you to, to be yourself, that's, that's so important.
0: Let, let's go into, like you said, um, in tantric sex, I believe that they do talk about semen retention. When I heard about this, I was like, how is this possible? How is this possible for a man to stop himself from ejaculating, right, during sexual intercourse? How does he practice pulling back? And how does he practice engaging in sexual activity without having ejaculation be the end goal? Like, in my mind, I'm like, does it not hurt? So, and and I've heard that semen retention can also correlate with just being abstinent or celibate and That's just true. practicing the other elements of being intimate with a person without having sex. But I, I, from what I've learned, it could be both things where you're actually engaging in sex, but you've learned how to pull back and not have the end goal be ejaculation. And then I've heard the other element is that, yeah, you're retaining your, your semen by um, celibacy and abstinence because you realize the importance of practicing that and being self-aware?
1: You know, I think I was practicing semen retention without it, without me knowing what it meant or what it, what it really was. I can remember being in a a couple of relationships, you know, during sex, I wouldn't, you know, ejaculate. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have to have that conversation after, well, you know, was it not good? Is it me? Blah, 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 you know, all those things that, you know, go through the mind, of course. For me, it was more about the pleasure of who I was with and as i as i grew in my knowledge about you know sex itself and and even you know what it what it means to ejaculate and, and the importance of retaining the ejaculation for one it, it's our life force if you can imagine a man ejaculating many times multiple times a day um every day of the week for you know 20 years straight after the first ejaculation during sex of course we're, we're drained so if we're doing that you know multiple times every day of the week it's very deteriorating believe it or not
0: yeah, from,
1: I've heard. From a, a physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, uh, also from a creative standpoint, I'm I'm my most creative when I'm when I'm not engaged in ejaculation. And um, I I know uh, a couple of of, of rappers mentioned um, uh, semen retention. One was Joey Badass or something, and I think, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they were getting you know flack from men like, uh, what's going on? And even you know some women were trying to you know comment uh, comment or whatever. But it, it's it's definitely important to uh to to retain. The, the semen as much as possible, ladies. It doesn't mean that you're 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 not good. Men, it doesn't mean that you know you can't. It just means that it takes a a a certain certain amount of discipline and control of yourself in order to retain your semen. You know, during the sexual act. The more we ejaculate, the more rapidly we age.
0: Because I heard that. Within the semen, there's so much different vitamins that are in there. So it's like, if you're constantly ejaculating, especially not intentionally, and like you said, multiple times a day, every day, it's, and again, yeah, some people are going to clown it because they feel like, oh, that's BS. Like, let me do what I'm going to do. But understanding, like, if you're just going out there, not only, okay, let's say one partner, but you're having sex multiple times a day, every day. Like you said, there is a draining of power that happens to the point they tell people uh, before a game, before boxing, oh, right. before different um, sports of like combat do not have sex right. prior because you, you're basically draining yourself and losing that energy mm-hmm. that you need. Right. And it causes I think it even goes up to the mental where you don't even have a
1: full clarity. Cognitive is, is really depleted. Yeah, absolutely. is depleted. Yeah.
0: Right. So in my mind if that's said before sports. So of course it's not something to boast like yeah I have it multiple times a day da 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 every day with with one partner and even to go further than that multiple partners multiple different bodies and energies and spirits that you're taking upon it's true that it's just like, yo, you're not only depleting yourself physically, like you said, but even spiritually. So it, it goes really deep into that. And I like that you you mentioned that. Because some men will act like, yeah, they really tapped in spiritually. And it's really about, well, the, women, the woman has more to lose because the man enters her right the man enters her (laughs) so she's the one who's receiving these things compared to you know your your genital is more external so they don't really have anything to lose and it's funny how men can see and even
1: that's weird man uh,
0: even other generations or even this mindset still goes on where the woman has more to lose in a sense of like she could get pregnant now don't get me wrong Yes, we're the one who has to carry the child. We have to go through the physical and emotional changes. Yes, once the child arrives, it it is our responsibility and the man can disappear, quote unquote, And what we've seen throughout generations. So I can understand how that thought process of, you know, be careful as a woman, how you interact sexually because you don't want to get pregnant. But it's so sad that men have been taught that they can leave. That men have been taught like, yeah, you don't have to deal with the responsibility. Or men, because they don't carry the child and have that type of attachment, they feel no attachment to Mm. the child. You know what I mean? And they could just disappear and have no type of responsibility. So I can get it. But it's just sad to see that men have been taught that you can just have sex with multiple people. You can enter a woman and do not have any type of ramifications spiritually or emotionally, right? And I think that's a lot of BS because men don't understand that. Yeah, you're entering her, but you're also taking upon you her emotions, her spirit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've even heard of guys that said, like, after having sex with certain women that... (laughs) Even in their sleep, they would feel like a darkness on them, right? And people may take it as, "Mm, I don't believe in that, but that's the person's experience. And they're Mm -hmm. saying like, you know what I mean? I, I, I think I need to take a pause real quick.
1: I find disturbing more than anything else is that we try to have a double standard as men when it comes to sexual experiences or sexual encounters. We all should have, you know, principle and, and, and virtues. A woman has more to lose for what? Because that's, that's a Western thought process. Mm-hmm. A woman should be this, a woman should be that. Men dictate how women do this and how women do that. For me, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I have a responsibility to myself. I have a responsibility to who I'm sleeping with. And both are important to me. If I'm not my healthiest um, in in my thoughts or, 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 you know, my my actions and and behaviors or whatever, if I'm not my healthiest in how I treat my body, I'm going to, you know, transfer that to who I'm sleeping with. I'm also going to receive if she's not her healthiest, you know, mentally, physically or whatever. It's a a two-way street when it comes to, you know, the, the give and take of the sexual experience. Again, no no disrespect to uh to the brothers that have that that thought process, but no, but they, very, they
0: need to get it together. Get it. It's
1: a very backwards <laughs> thought process, man.
0: Yeah, get it together. Like for us as men to constantly think that we could just have sex with multiple women and not have any type of responsibility when it comes to that. Because if you're really thinking from a place of manhood, then you would understand that I am responsible for that woman's emotions. I am responsible for her well-being. Right, you know what I mean. So the fact that I just could have sex and quit it, have sex and quit it. Don't get me wrong, women do it too. But again, I think we've just been taught to disconnect compared to really connect with one another. So That's I don't know if you true. have anything to say on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you look at and, and I've said this on more than one occasion, the thought process that the majority of Black women have now towards sex and and just how they want to have their lives in particular, it's a learned behavior. It's only so many times you can be, you know, called, you know, you know bitches and hoes. You know, I, I grew up in the 90s. And, yes. You know, the majority of the music from, from a rap standpoint was, you know, bitches and hoes and things like that. It's it's so prevalent now that, of course, now we see sisters, you know, calling themselves, you know, bitches and hoes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That in regards to how women perceive sex and how women perceive relationships and stuff now, it's a direct correlation because you see see your men acting one way. You see your men having less regard for the nurturing aspect that comes with having sex with someone or being in a relationship with someone. After so long, you're like, you know what? effort. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to think like a man and act like a woman or whatever it's called. But that's that's not it's, it's again it's not it's not something that is is natural because it it's it goes against the principles of, of, of women. And and most women at the end of the day and, and most men too at the end of the day when they're by themselves they really crave intimacy. They crave someone that listens to them. They crave someone that that touches them in an emotional way, in, in a spiritual way. They crave someone that relates to them. But they're not expressing that. They're leading with the thought process that that I have to be a certain way in order to be, you know, um, uh, respected or in order to be uh, to say I, I, I do my own thing. Redefine who you are. Redefine manhood for yourself. Not because what your uncle told you, or what you know TV says, or what you know the, the music is saying. It's definitely more to being a man than just the sexual aspects of it. It's a very low vibrational thought process. It's mm. a very primal and, and and animalistic thought process. You know, we see that in, in nature, of course. We see you know animals have the ability to you know the male has the ability to sleep with you know the different females, and he just wanders off, and the female rears the children yeah. and goes from there. But we call them animals, but are we are we so far from that in our thought process when it comes to certain things
0: i've mentioned that just in this episode where i'm like yeah you know we can understand because it's the best word to describe what I'm talking about when I say, you know, animalistic sex, where it's just like an instant, like you just want the person right now. And, you know, you want to go into it right away, which I still think it's okay. It has its, place, right? it has its place, but I love what you mentioned that we have to be careful that our main understanding or approach to sex is not animalistic because we are superior to animals. And some people may say, you know, we're, we're in the animal kingdom, yada, 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 but from my understanding, <laughs> as human beings, we are superior to animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's certain connections <laughs> we may have. Right. But at the end of the day, when you mentioned low vibration, like we are on a different vibration than animals and we should act as such. Um, I want to read an excerpt real quick and then we'll wrap up from The Superior Man.
1: I also
0: enjoyed that book. Um, There's good elements in there. And he says, understand that sexual attraction is not the same as having sex. Being attracted to the radiance of a woman is always okay, but having sex with her may not be. Any intimacy needs to come from a shared commitment to loving and serving each other. And that's an element. We don't think about the servitude. We don't think about the servitude, right? Right. And it says, and if that isn't there, intimacy is not appropriate.
1: It is not.
0: And it says, use your attraction to connect to your core. Your need for women comes from your spiritual desire for oneness and completeness. This total serenity is always within you. The cycle of attraction, desire, and need has arisen because you're searching outside of yourself for that peace that only exists inside. Your capacity to love, give love, and receive love comes from your core, which is love. Women can bring you closer to it or take you further away from it. So magnify your desire and take your women into your arms and give her everything that you want, but make sure your decisions are intentional with the in- intimacy that you crave.
1: The way of a superior, the way of the superior man is such a great read. I, I recommend that to all men that, that hear this this episode. Women too, the give and take, the 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 give and give rather that becomes more or should become more abundant than than just taking from someone.
0: I find that to be the most, not the most, one of the most attractive things in a male hmm. for him to be sexually aware and educated. Hmm. Like if a man was to come and tell me this, like this excerpt and <laughs> speak it to me, I would have to control myself to not be like, so you don't want to go right now? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. like you said, you can see that there's an element of this person where there's intentionality. And the beauty of it is that there's a desire for servitude. And then there's a desire, like you said, a safe space to be created. Now, don't get me wrong. There are men out there. When I was in church, they used to call them sugar shepherds. So instead of a sugar daddy, there are (laughs) men that are using their spirituality to pull women in. They don't have no, <laughs> listen, yeah. their lifestyle does not reflect that, not. but they know, oh, if I talk all this spiritual talk yeah. and talk about all this God stuff, I'm yeah. going to wheel them in, right? Yeah. So even though like I'm joking around, if a guy was to come with that, I would be like, uh, ah, but that also takes discernment. That also it takes, takes patience yeah. to discern. Is this female or man truly living the lifestyle that they're speaking? Because yeah. it's very easy. Say things. Oh man!
1: I mean, Instagram and and other, other as social media uh, platforms are full of people, individuals who are not living what they're what they're preaching. They they know the formula. They know yeah. the formula to get you know followers and views and things like that. And and that's what their main focus is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it's sad that they're using spirituality and God and, and things and other things that should be nurturing and, and nourishing to make that happen. For themselves.
0: Nourishing. Yes, another good word. I love that. So. To wrap up, how would you define being sexually aware and free? If you could put it into a couple sentences or one sentence or one phrase, however you please, how would you define being sexually aware or sexually free?
1: Being honest with, with myself, being honest with uh, with my desires, and again, having principles as it relates to how I interact with whom I'm a relationship, uh, just being honest with myself. And um, and being open to my partner, you know, letting her create a space for her to be herself. I mean, there's nothing more more intimate than that.
0: Yeah. And more freeing than that, too. Right. I think those elements causes more of our freedom than what we've been taught. To tell you the truth, like that's what I believe sexually free is, is not what we've been taught, where it's just like, no, be free and do what you want without having a second thought of it or just react to how you feel. But the freedom really comes in the honesty, the freedom comes in the servitude, the freedom comes from the rediscovering and the being self aware because it's more of a foundation for longevity. Right. It's a foundation Mm -hmm. for longevity than this momentary type of gratification or satisfaction.
1: I discovered that. It's it's vital for healthy conversations, healthy dialogue related to sexuality, re- related to sensuality, related to experiences and, and relationships. The kind of dialogue you know we just had is, is so important. Yeah. Because this is how we get to the root and the understanding of each other. And again, that, that betters the relationship between the black woman and the black man.
0: Yeah, most definitely. For myself, we didn't get to go deep into it, but I'll read a little bit something from it for time's sake. Uh so. I never knew that there was a difference between ejaculation and orgasm. Mm. I, you know, we were taught, it's just one thing. You ejaculate, that means you orgasmed. Or right. for females, you came, that is orgasm. And understanding the, me- uh, the mechanisms of the body and the anatomy, I'm learning so much researching about sex, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it says here that ejaculation and orgasm are not the same thing at all. There are two vastly different body functions that happen to occur usually around the same time. Both ejaculation and orgasm can have function problems if we are not clear in describing the issue, right? So they say ejaculation is the pulsing contraction of the pelvic or penile muscles to expel semen. Ejaculations can include one or many muscular contractions that last anywhere from a couple seconds to 30 seconds or more. Compared to an orgasm, it's the euphoric feeling that occurs with the climax. Very often an orgasm can contribute to the muscle spasms, vocal sounds, and other body movements, but these movements do not in the expulsion of semen. Mm. Oh, do not aid, sorry, in the expulsion of semen. An orgasm is caused by the sudden release of brain chemicals, and like we were talking about with the dopamine. Orgasms can last anywhere from a few seconds to 15 to 20 seconds for some men, and the average for most men is like 5 to 10 seconds. So I remember seeing something that says a man could ejaculate and did not have an orgasm. Because his body reacted to the stimulation and the, the like it says, the, right. the muscular contractions which right. expelled the semen, but he didn't have that euphoric feeling. It wasn't and like, it, it didn't connect. And like you said, you can have the orgasm, the euphoric feem, um feeling, but based on semen retention, you didn't need to ejaculate. Right. So I was, I was, I said, what? <laughs> So it's like, like you said, we should be concentrating on orgasm, but not how we understood it to be in the sense of concentrating on the ejaculation or the coming, right? But we should concentrate on, on and orgasm should be important because it's more concentrating on the overall euphoric experience. That type blew my mind. I was like, well, I'm entering sex <laughs> differently now.
1: <laughs> you no, know, and, and I mean... There's a if I can if I can plug one more book. Mm-hmm. It's called Slow Sex by Diana Richardson. The first the first chapter uh, for men in particular is going to be eye-opening. It's almost like the the excerpt you read from uh, the uh, the way the way of the Superior Man. It because it, it it gives us some descriptions as to why we are why we think the way we do when it comes to sex. Also how we can overcome those things later on in the book. Slow Sex by by Diana Richardson is a very good read.
0: Very, very nice. Yeah, my library about to be real different, <laughs> <laughs> real different. But <laughs> Kadar, thank you just so much for just like you said, just being a part of this conversation, agreeing to have this conversation, being open and vulnerable, sharing your knowledge and your story.
1: I appreciate you for having me. I appreciate you for for inviting me here and and um, allowing me a space to uh to to you know communicate my experiences and stuff. So just...
0: most definitely, most definitely. So listeners. I hope you've gained some knowledge, some insight, some wisdom as usual. And uh, feel free to definitely email me or hit us up on um, IG, which she discovered podcasts, or email me, she discovered at gmail.com, with your reviews, your thoughts, your questions. You never know. It could be answered in future episodes. But until next time, tune in and take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at SheDiscoveredPodcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.